All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Derek's Discussions. This time it's episode 50. I know it's been a little bit of a hiatus. College ended, you know, the last episode and then pretty much, you know, internship and stuff happens. Um, here today I'm with Aneta. Um, you know, first of all, just kind of introduce yourself um, to the viewers out there. Where are you from? That type of stuff. Yeah, so um, I'm Aneta. I'm actually from Georgia, but I go to school in Tennessee. So right now I'm kind of based in Tennessee for the summer. Um, I play for the club here for tennis. So I really enjoy that and just being able to be with everyone and just also enjoying all the different sports that we have here. Um, I've been playing tennis my whole entire life. And then I've also been playing like lacrosse and soccer um, throughout my time as well. So it's just been really fun. And um, yeah, that's a lot about me. There's not really much about me. I also like photography, but that's like a different whole subject. But yeah. Okay. And then kind of going off that, um, before, before we started this, you said that you were a senior. So going into your last year of college, how would you say your college experience has been so far? Um, it's been good. I mean, obviously college is like a roller coaster, I feel like. So like for me, it was more of just kind of getting like used to how, you know, classes work and how like professors really just don't give you all the assignments at once or they're just kind of like never there or things like that. But as like, I want to say is like, you know, like making friends, that's probably like the easiest thing. You're making so many friends every single day that they're going to be your friends for life. So I really enjoy that. And then like, especially after this past year for football, we did really well beating Alabama. So it was like really cool to be able to go to that and like be able to like run the field. So I really do love college life. I think it's a great opportunity. I think that, you know, we all like are going through majors and everything. I think one like advice I would give is like, don't think that you have to know your major right away. I feel like a lot of people go into our college thinking that they need to know the major right away, but you have so many different majors out there that it's okay to take like the first year at least just to kind of like to take different classes and see what you're interested in because I kept changing my major and now I'm on like the right track and like I love it. So I would just like, I mean, just go to a school, enjoy it. That's what I'm doing. And like, it's a great time. And you talk about kind of the transition between majors and figuring yourself at, out. Where would you say you are now in terms of your graduating, kind of not necessarily looking towards jobs now, but kind of gearing towards uh, the future? Where, what, what, what would you say your headspace is at? Yeah, so um, this year, actually, I have some internships. So I've been working for Mary Kay, which is like a makeup company. And so I think I'm going to keep working with them after. So I probably will be moving either to Nashville, where a lot of my friends are going to be moving, or to back to Atlanta just depending on what I want to do but I am also working for the Falcons this summer so it just depends like if I really want to keep that job or not um there's just like a lot of different things going on I kind of love it but I also kind of hate it um it's just a lot of meetings but I honestly am like excited for whatever I do know that I want to take kind of like the whole summer just to like travel see the world um, with like my family and just be able to have like one last hurrah right before going into you know the real world people like say mm -hmm. and what would you say kind of you talk about internships now what would you say let's just say 20 years down the road uh like where you'd want to be at is there like a dream job for you or is it just kind of figure it out I think it's just kind of figuring it out I really don't have a dream job I think as long as I'm happy with what I'm doing and like it's, you know, making me like a lot of money or like keeping me financially stable, I'll be happy with it. I do know that I don't want to work for like a very like small company. I'd rather work for a very big company that travels a lot, but it just depends. I'm not really like that type of like a picky person. So just all comes down to what I think is good and like what I know that's going to help me get like farther in life. Mm -hmm. And then earlier on, you kind of talked about how you're on the club tennis team in Tennessee. What do you say is kind of just the significance of sports in your life? For like tennis? Just for like in general, because obviously people go to Tennessee, people go to Division One programs, kind of not necessarily for all the academics. It's for like the, you know, scenery, for everything that involves college life. Also, sports is a huge part of 
the reason people go to Division One. So kind of going towards that, obviously you're not playing on the, you know, tennis team at Tennessee, but still playing, you know, tennis. And we'll talk later about different sports that you're interested in and stuff like that. So how is this, how is sports kind of led you to where you are now? Yeah, so I think like sports for me especially was just I started at such a young age and then um, I was actually going to play like pro and everything for a while, but I got a tear in my shoulder. So unfortunately, like I couldn't do it because injuries kind of like end your lifetime for tennis especially. But for me, it was just being able to be on a team and just to be able to like kind of just have something that takes my mind off from like either like school or work or right now in the internship. So just being able to do something outside, enjoy it, love it. That was something for me. And then honestly, it was just being able to meet other people that like to play like the same sport or like to be active. I'm very active in life. So it was really nice to be able to have like, you know, this club team and everything up here. That's like, we're going to be going to different like schools. We're going to go play tennis. We like practice like two to three times a week, or you can practice more without like our actual whole group. So it was just things like that that kind of led me into the sports life was just, you know, being able to have like a team, being able to communicate well, being able to have all these different types of people that you get to meet from all different from all around the world. Like I met people from Europe. I met people like from Cali. Like it's just such a great place, like meet different people, play a sport that you love and just like enjoy it. Okay, kind of going off of that. Um, when you talk about tennis, probably watching, it's probably more from a player's perspective, but then when watching a different sport, how is your perspective different? Um, and then one watching just sports in general, are you more of a fan fan perspective or do you look at things differently than the typical fan? Um, yeah. So like, I know for tennis, if I'm watching it like pro, I think that like, I kind of take it from a very like hard perspective. So I'm like, mm, like maybe that wasn't the right out or like, I know this person could play a lot better, but if I was looking at it from like, you know, for instance, like I don't really watch, like I don't really watch golf that much. If I had to take golf, I don't think I would have like know or care about as much just because I don't really play it. So I think that like, it all depends for me if I know the sport, but like going back to tennis, if I like, you know, if Nadal or Federal was playing, I would probably be like, okay, like what's going on? They're not playing the best as if like you know for golf like tiger woods if he like missed a hit or whatever i probably wouldn't really like know the difference from that if he like was hitting so well because i don't watch that or keep up with it Mm -hmm. i see what you mean and then who would you say kind of the biggest impact on your life is my biggest impact is probably my dad um my dad has been there ever since like day one for me um i was adopted and everything so being able to have like my mom and dad to be able to like take me from like Europe and bring me to the US was really remarkable. And my dad and I've always been like best friends. He's the one that got me into tennis and just like all the sports and like a motto that I've always like have lived by was finish what you start. So that's why like, you know, every game or everything or anything I do, it's like always give your best, always give 10, 10% more than you can finish. Like even if you're like in pain or if you're hurting and like, he's always, he's always been there for me. He's gotten me like through a lot of difficult times that I needed. He'll like answer at like 2 a.m. So my dad's like my best friend. So that's the person that I go to for everything. What do you say one thing about yourself that stands out like in terms of like a job interview? What stands out about you compared to like other people? Like, what do you think is your best quality, I guess? Um, I think like my best quality would probably be I have really good communication skills. I think that's like the one that I really would use. I can talk to anyone and not make it awkward. I think a lot of people nowadays kind of have like that barrier of like, I don't know if this person likes me. I don't know if if they want to talk to me, but it's just kind of going in and just, you know, living your life. I like have so many different internships and jobs that you know, you kind of get used to talking to so many different people. So you kind of know how they're going to be talking or like how they're going to want to talk back to you. So I think that is mine. It's just communication and being able to talk to anyone really well. And just like, you know, holding myself accountable and being able to like, you know, I'm in a lot of meetings right now. And so when I'm in those meetings, like I'm usually taking the time to actually be the person that like, you know, presents and gives our like feedback 
And so being able to have that and just like, you know, holding myself up and being like, this is what I think. I think it's something that not a lot of people have and not, not a lot of people stand up for what they believe or like stand up for like, you know, anything. But for me, it's like, I will say it right off the bat, like I will use like, you know, my voice and I will like communicate to others if like, I don't think this is what we should do or, you know, just be able to like speak when other people aren't like, when people are afraid to like speak up for like what they think is right. What do you say is your favorite part about sports? Not necessarily tennis, but just the sports world. It's like I always say this all the time. I think sometimes sports are more important than politics in the sense <laughs> of like sports bring people together, politics separate people. Uh, I think sports is a bigger fundamental part of life in the United States than politics, just based on arguments and everything kind of going on in the world. So what would you say is your kind of your favorite part about sports? Um, I think for me, it's definitely like, you know, the fan base, like either like me on like playing and I have the fan base or like me actually in the section and being the fan base. I think that really just gives like the person or the people playing because you're like cheering them on. But it's also like you have this whole entire crowd that's basically with you. That's either like on the side that you're on, like, you know, like being like, let's go or you know, you have some people who are like on the other side, but they're still going to be like, you know, somewhat friendly, but you're going to have that love hate relationship. So I think it's just like really fun to have that fan base. And I just love that, especially like, for instance, like, you know, like football season, especially like when we're playing big SEC schools, we have some of my friends are Georgia fans. And then like, I'm a Tennessee. So like, obviously I'm going to root for Tennessee, but just having that fan base and like, you know, having everyone just cheer on whoever they want, but like at the end, like we're still like really good friends and things like that. But it also helps the person or like, you know, like the team play better when they have that big crowd, like like rooting them on and being like, you got this. And so I think like being a part of that is probably like my favorite thing out of everything else. And what would you say your favorite sports moment, sports moment is? Um, obviously you talk about Tennessee beating Alabama, but I'm more thinking from like an individual uh, perspective. So you want me to talk about like a time that like I like had a good one? Yeah, like like let's say you were going up against the number one person in the in the state of Tennessee and you swept them. Like kind of talk about that, kind of talk about like what is a mindset because your mindset through tennis is different than kind of every other sport just based on the fact of it's more individualized than as a team. So kind of talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I wasn't in college where I played a really hard person. It was more like in high school, like my senior year, I was number two on my team. So it was like really, we had some difficult like teams that we played against. And there's this one time where, you know, it was like really tied up. Usually when you're on like a high school team for like a private school, it's like a doubles and a singles. Then it always goes back to a doubles, just depending on like how well we're doing. And it was all tied up and I was playing like my single and it was already like 7 p.m. So it's getting really dark, you had the lights on and this other girl just won on my team. So it was up to me and I just was not in the headspace for this. This is when I found out that I had a tear in my shoulder. This is when I'm not playing good. I've already done a lot. So kind of like what I kind of go through is like, you know, I use my motto, like finish what you start. That's what I've always used. Then I also know that you know, I always want to give like my 10%, like I'm here for a reason, like this team is counting on me, even though tennis is such like, you know, an individual like sport, you also have your team, you're also carrying everyone else as well. And so when I'm like going through this like match and everything, I'm just like one more serve or one more good hit or one more backhand. And throughout all this, that's like kind of like leading me through everything that I need to go through. And I kind of just, you know, get in the mindset of like, you know where she can't hit or like, you know where she kind of is like more weak on. So like, for instance, like my forehand's really strong. So I use my forehand to her backhand because she doesn't have a good backhand. So when that kind of happens, it kind of makes her more tired or like moving the ball around. So it's a lot of strategy that I think that goes into tennis and how you do something. Um, But honestly, for me, it's just kind of like the words that like my dad usually tells me is like, finish what you start you got this or like you know I have all the teammates behind me but in my mindset it's just more of you know just one more like time you always hear people like you know in the gym saying give 10% more or do one more set and so when I take what I've learned from like the gym as well and bring that into tennis I'm like you got this like one more set 
or give your 10, 10 more, 10 percent more and things like that. So that's what I kind of use for like when I'm playing a very like hard game is just like thinking of all the quotes that I've heard from either Instagram or YouTube and bring that into like my like own like game and like mindset. It seems like kind of what you're saying is tennis is not as much of a psychological game as pretty much the rest of sports. It's more strategy and just kind of that mindset of uh, the grind, just keep going. Nothing, yeah. Like nothing's going to allow you to do it. Last question for part one, though. What is one thing that you want the viewer to, to know about you? I think like the one thing that I want them to know about me is that <laughs> this is like being put on the spot. Um, honestly, I guess like if I had to pick something, it would just be like, um, just all, I feel like, I don't really know. This is so hard. Everybody gets, every, don't worry. Everybody gets flustered on this one. So. Wait, what was the question again? Now I got to think you can't do so that. It's, so it's like, what is one thing you want the viewer to know about you? So I'll do it. I'll, I'll first say like from my perspective, okay. um, and cause I do this all the time, um, kind of throughout my life, I'm, I'm, I consider myself to be different. So in the sense of like, people don't like, I look like, let's be honest. I know that I look a certain way. So people preserve you in a certain way. I'm completely different than what I look like. I look like a kid. I look like someone who's not like a nerd. Like, I'll be honest with you. I look like I'm someone who's smarter than, than they actually are. Like I'm, I'm a jock, but not a jock. If that makes sense. I get that, like yeah. I'm a, like, I'm a jock who knows sports and like a sports nerd, but like I can never play because of my limitations. Um, so for the audience out there, what is one thing that you want them to know about you? My question would, my answer would be, I guess there's more, there's more to me than you see. Like everything might seem like fluid and I know what I'm doing, but there's a lot more preparation that goes in that that's behind the scenes. There's a lot more to my, my head, my mindset psychologically than you actually see. So I'd say just for me, there's more to me than what you see. There's a lot more that goes into what I like, what I do, that type of thing. So I just say there's more to me than you'd actually see. Okay. Um, I think for me, it's, if like I had to like, you know, describe myself, I think it honestly would just be, I'm very, I think I'm, I'm very mature. I want to use that word. I think mature is the word I want to use. Um, I grew up very quickly. I went to like a boarding school. I wasn't a bad kid. It was just something I decided to do to like play tennis a lot better, but I'm just very mature for who I am. I kind of grew up a lot faster. I look around like, you know, obviously like at school right now and there's like some people who are still just like in this like high school mindset or like in this middle school mindset and like I've had to drop a lot of people do that because I have such a very high maturity mindset where it's just like I know what I want to do in my life I kind of know that like this is where the kind of steps I want to take and I can't let people who are like gonna like bring me down or like you know not help me succeed and I've already like have like a lot of stocks and things like that so it's just kind of like that maturity's already started growing a lot quicker than a lot of other people since I went to like a boarding school. So maturity would be my word. All right. Part two, Derek's discussions, my favorite part, just talking sports. I think it's great. I love sports. It's the best thing ever. Uh, we're going to start talking about major league baseball. Can't believe it's June. A lot of rule changes happen at the start of the season. I think baseball is better than it ever has been just because the rule changes are in great shape. Uh, you're an Atlanta Braves fan. Um, it's interesting that is, that is happening. Um, I usually don't talk to a lot of Braves fans just based on the Northeast, but what are your thoughts so far on the, on the Brave season? Um, so I, for this season, especially we kind of had like a slow start about just like winnings personally for me. I think that like, you know, um, 
after the World Series, I think a lot of uh, like a lot of our members just got into their heads about like a big win, which is like not bad, but it kind of took a toll. And then we lost a couple players. And then, you know, right now we are on a winning streak, which is really cool to hear and like, you know, see and watch. So I think we're doing good right now. I just think at the same time, a lot of a lot of my our players are just like in their heads still about like, you know, winning and how big of a win that was for us. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with the Atlanta Braves, you talk about guys struggle, struggling. Uh, Michael Harris, he was supposed to be a superstar this year. He's pretty much fallen off a little bit um, from last season, which is kind of a kind of a dump. But I think the biggest thing for them, you got Ronald Cunha. He's having a heck of a season. I think he's got to be in the MVP candidate race. But Ozzie Albies, I tell you what, he's a king. I think he he's really is, good. I think he is the sec I think he's a top five second baseman in all of baseball. I think he's I think if you look at second basemen now, as a second baseman myself playing in high school, I mean not playing in high school, but kind of playing up up I think the greatest thing is seeing Jose Altuve and Ozzy Albies playing second base. Both guys who are not your typical athlete, not your typical baseball player, and they are I'm going to use this word. They use it all the time. They're absolute dogs on the field. He's a switch hitter. He can play all over. I think I think when talking about guys, I think Ozzy Albies is an underrated superstar in the sense that he's not talked up enough for an MVP candidate. I know he's got, you know, Acuna and other guys on that roster, but I think you're looking at Ozzy Albies for a guy. If you sign that guy, I think it's great. One thing I'll mention, then I'll give you the floor is you talk about the Braves, the way they construct their roster, number one, is perfect. Number two, the way they sign contracts for guys 10 years before they're actually going to get paid and give them less money but for more years, it makes so much sense. I know Mets fans hate it. I think it's great because I don't like the Mets, but I don't hate the Mets. But I think the Braves are one of those teams that are just – they remind me of just like a sneaky pest in the sense of – they get the young guys. They develop them correctly. The biggest thing for them with the trade deadline heading is going to be about pitching. Um, I think that's their biggest kind of weakness, I guess. Max Fried is on the IL. He'll be coming back. Hopefully, he'll be coming back sooner rather than later because I you know, have him on my fan- one of my three fantasy teams, but it's all right. I traded him in the offseason, so <laughs> it's okay. But what are your thoughts on this team in terms of trade deadline and kind of what you want to see from this Braves roster? Yeah, so I think that, like, you know, right now that we do have a pretty decent roster, um, you know, after, like, losing a couple people and, like, some some people, like, moving on to, like, the Cubs and things like that. But um, I honestly – I don't know. I think that like, as like you were talking about, like we do need like better pitchers. Unfortunately, we don't have a good kind of pitcher that like, you know, kind of does what they need to do. Like we do have like, you know, some that are like very reliable, but it's kind of like on a hot and cold day. They're never actually accurate every single time. Unlike some other pitchers where like, they're very reliable. Like, you know, you're going to, they're going to be hitting well for Atlanta. It's more of our pitchers are kind of hot and cold. You never know. So I think that's something that we definitely need to work on for like our roster is finding someone that's actually very good, very reliable, not hot and cold. Um, The other people on our team, like the second base, the third base, things like that. I think we are very good at that. Um, I'm not that worried about that. I think that, you know, like we do have some really great like catches that we do. And like we also have like, you know, people who are also like batting and everything, they do really good. We do have like a lot of good like home run shots, especially. But I think another thing that we need to like truly work on with our team, with our roster and our team is that we do so well in our own baseball like stadium because we have that huge crowd. We have, you know, that whole entire um, fan base, like what I was talking about earlier, it's like our huge fan base. But unfortunately when we go like, you know, to go play somewhere else, we don't have that big of a fan base that kind of like our team doesn't really do well without our fan base. They need our fan base. They need that support. But when we're home, complete home runs, doing really well. We're not doing that bad. But when we're like when they're gone, it's just kind of like a downhill, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of it's it makes sense in this in the thing of the Braves are not a global team; they're more right. of a Atlanta team. But I think on the point about pitchers, they have Spencer Strider. He is pitching absolutely fantastic. He has to be in the Cy Young candidate race. But you look at this bullpen. I don't know. I think there's some there's some issues. I think it's all right. It's not great, but it's. I think their roster's fine. If you're really plugging and getting pieces, the biggest thing would be an outfielder. Uh, you got Acuna. You got Harris. The rest are kind of Edward, Eddie Rosario, and Kevin Pillar. Both kind of role-ish players. Both can play. Don't get me wrong, but they're not right. that guy. Um, I think the biggest thing though is shortstop. I think if they add a guy like Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox, that would be a fantastic move. I think you add more pitching. I think a guy that combat if the Brewers fall out of it somehow, you talk about a guy like Brandon Woodruff or a guy like that type of caliber, put him with a Spencer Strider. You got a one-two. Max Reed comes back in too. Charlie Morton's going to figure it out. You're in good shape. I think it's a little bit some pieces here and there. The biggest concern, though, is Nick Anderson, uh, pitcher, was with the Tampa Bay Raves. He was an actual baller with the Rays. He's kind of dimmy down a little bit. I think he was in the Rays lab, and they kind of figured him out a little bit. Now he doesn't have that. But I think overall, they're in good shape. I think it's just about getting hot at the right time. That's baseball as is. You just got to get hot at the right time and continue your momentum and as is, Braves are in good shape. They'll continue to win ball games. It's just going to be about getting hot and making sure that they'll they'll be able to figure out ways to win ball games on the road. Exactly. All right, we're moving on to the college football landscape. We're going to talk about college football. Um, it seems last year was kind of interesting. TCU was a big surprise. We'll see how they do this year. I'm not sure that they're going to do as well. Uh, Georgia, yet again. Going all the way, no surprise. Michigan, Ohio State, always at the top. Alabama had a down year for their expectations, but Tennessee uh, had a good year for what their expectations were. What did you think overall of last college football season, just overall what happened? A lot of chaos, lots of different things happening. Uh, college football playoff finally is in gear, and we'll be moving to uh, eight sooner rather than later. Yeah, so I think overall college football is like a great way to bring the whole entire school together. Um, I love how like, you know, we all have a crazy different fan base, you know, some are more crazier than others. Um, Honestly, I think that for us, um, football season is just like the great way for like, you know, the whole school to get together. You know, we had Tennessee doing really well. We also had Georgia doing really well. We had Alabama doing really well. Um, Old Miss did pretty well for a while. I think each team brings a lot of different uniqueness to like, you know, like their players, who they are, you know, playing. Some teams have a lot, some teams have a better defense and a better or a better offense. It just depends on like, you know, like I said, the players. Um, It also depends on their fan base and if there are a lot of their fan base can come support them when they're, you know, traveling on the road. So throughout all of it, I just think that like, you know, college football, is like a great way to like celebrate, have a good time. And just depends on like the fan base, honestly. And like, if they have like a good team as well to like support them with a good coach. Yeah. I think, I think it was definitely interesting. It's going to be more interesting down the line, especially with college football going to eight. Like I mentioned earlier, it definitely helps out your sec um, with Tennessee and that they'll have a better chance of making the college football playoff, but it is what it is at the end of the day. They're changing. Of course, they like to change. It's about money. This is what all sports is about nowadays. It's all about money, which I'm not sure is good. I'm not sure it's bad. It's kind of just indifferent at this point. But continuing on with college football, you talk about kind of everything going on. Josh Heupel, head coach of Tennessee, he's fairly new. But in his, I want to say it was his third year um, this past season, he got things going. What What do you think was working for Tennessee in the la- last season where – you might not say it was working, working as well as you might have liked, but it was the first time in years that they were in the top 10. So what did you like about Tennessee uh, last last season? Um, I think what I really liked about Tennessee, like in the last, like in the last year was basically just how, um, 
how we had a really good team and we also had like a pretty decent coach. Um, I think personally, it's the team that really led us there. I think, you know, also like, you know, for us, we had Hooker and things like that and like um, Hyatt as well. And those people really brought the team. If I think if you have people like them that decide that, you know what, we're here to win, we're here to like give it our all, like that's what Tennessee stands for. That's literally what they touch before going out is we give it, we give it our all. So having that and having, you know, players that are like dedicated, like wanting to win is the biggest thing in the world. And then, you know, we have this coach that's like, you know what, we do have a really good offense. We're going to use our offense a lot. We're going to really like use them, get them really strong and everything. Our defense, on the other hand, I think our coach could have done a little bit better, but um, I think at the end of the day, like it all comes down to first, you need to have that connection with that coach and the teammates. If the coach and the teammates don't have, you know, a pretty well connection, you get, we aren't going to go as far. But then we also had that point where, you know, our whole team, we've had some downfalls this past year where we like lost some, but we did make a good comeback. We did, you know, the team got back together. They said, we want to win. We want to fight. We want to do what we need to do. And so they really worked there. They worked hard. They decided, you know what, we're going to do this. They dedicated themselves to it. We came out, we came out with like a big win, like um, for a couple games. And that's what it really matters is having that, you know, that team and that coach that like work together and being like, okay, I know that like, you know, maybe one player is not doing as well today, but I have this whole entire other team that's like, you know what, I got your back. And so things like that and how they really take time to, you know, make sure each individual is like, you know, giving their all, putting what they need to do and making sure that like, you know, some days it's going to be 50-50, some days it's going to be 20-80, but at the end of the day, they all come together with that coach and the team just to create this whole entire, you know, football team that we need to help us win. So I think at the end of the day, we did pretty well, you know, we lost a couple of games. So at the end of the day with the coach and with the team, we actually did very well throughout, you know, the other couple of years that we played. Yeah, they definitely exceeded expectations. The expectations just weren't there last year, yeah. um, just based on what, what they did um, years past. But Josh Heupel, head coach, he's an offensive-minded guy. So we kind of knew that Tennessee was going to have a good offense. We didn't think how good it was going to be. Their defense was all right. It, it can always improve, but I think Tennessee's future is extremely bright. You're talking about a new quarterback who's coming to town, and Nico, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name because he's a California guy, and he's a beast. He's a five-star. I'm shocked he's going to Tennessee. I would have thought he would have been going out west or somewhere else, but he's going to sit. For, I'm going to say I think he's going to sit for the first six games of the season. Joe Milton's going to be the starter. And then I think Nico is going to take over Tennessee. I'm not saying Tennessee is going to win a national championship next year. I don't think they're making the playoff next year. But I think they're in good shape. Two years down the line, you're talking about Tennessee. Like you're talking about these SEC schools. There's always a time where Alabama has a bad year. It could be LSU this year. It could be Tennessee this year. Now, with the college football expanding to eight, I think that opens the door for Tennessee. I think they're in good shape. Obviously, you losing Hyatt's going to be tough. You're going to find receivers. It's not Receivers are easy to find. It's about finding a quarterback, finding a tight end, finding running back, stuff like that. I think Tennessee's in good shape. I'm not sure they'll ever be kind of unexpected and win like they did this year because I think this was kind of a one-hit wonder for this year and next year, but I think they have a bright future with a quarterback and a head coach who knows how to win. And that's the biggest thing for Tennessee. Offense is going to make them win games. That's what their motto is now. They're going to continue to do that. I think they're in fine shape. But last thing on college football, Tennessee looking good. But when you talk about the entire landscape of college football, do you see a problem with kind of big schools always winning or the like do you always do you as a Tennessee football fan it seems like Alabama Georgia LSU these schools win every year Ohio State Penn State all these schools kind of win every single year there's no big surprise what was your thoughts on having new blood into the mix obviously you like Tennessee being in the mix just because you're there but kind of like TCU and the other schools what was your thoughts um, kind of on new blood into the mix. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Honestly, I think it's good that we're playing all these different teams. I think it definitely creates a stronger fan base as well for us. But 
you know, there's so many great like athletes out there. And if it's that time for them to shine as well, I think that gives them that perfect time. And, you know, playing more schools is also great. You get to learn more opportunities for them, whether it's like, you know, for us, like the offense line, if we can actually do really well against like some new schools coming in, or if it's our defense line and we're like, whoa, like maybe that will actually do better for us. Um, obviously it's not a surprise though, that, you know, Georgia or Alabama usually wins. It's just like, it is what it is. Um, they do have like great school, like great football teams as well, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem, especially for us personally. I think that we do have the right mindset, the right head game. And like, we are like ready to win again. I think a lot of us are so excited for the football season for, um, for Tennessee, just because we had such a great win and that we all know that we're coming back and wanting to give it our all. And like, that's how every other school is as well. It's like, we're here, we're ready to fight. Everyone loves football season. So I think, you know, it will be interesting to see how all these teams work, how like, you know, who plays who, who is actually really good. Or like, if we're shocked by a team that actually is really good, but has a downfall, like you said earlier, like, you know, some, some years are better than others. It just depends. But I think personally for us, we're really excited just to see how, you know, everything plays out within the future. All right. Talking about college football, we're going to move over to the NFL. And I tell you what, you look at this NFL, it's crazy. Uh, it's really crazy. The AFC is absolutely stacked. Just to name a few teams, you look at the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins are back. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers. You got the Bengals. You got the Ravens. You got teams galore in the AFC. The NFC is not as good, which personally I kind of like being a Giants fan. But what are your thoughts kind of overall um, on this kind of NFL landscape? There's also talk about expansion teams as well. Um, I think that, you know, I think it would be kind of good for an expansion. That's personally just me. I think that's something that would be like, kind of beneficial honestly in my opinion I think that like you know a lot there's so many players out there for once um you know and like you know getting drafted is like the hardest part too for these teams I feel like you know once you get drafted you're kind of there for a little bit and then it just depends like but um honestly like you know having more would be a lot better and I think that you know at the end of the day there are so many I don't know how to word this, but like, I feel that, um, like for instance, I don't know how to like word what I'm going to word. Talking about expansion teams, you feel like that there yeah. should be more expansion teams because it gives, um, athletes more of more gives them, there's more jobs, I guess, more jobs out there. Yeah. Like um, more jobs, um, like more jobs, more opportunities more time for people to actually play, more times for people to be able to show like what they have. I feel like a lot of nowadays, like, you know, you have like this big entire team, like for instance, like Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons have like this huge entire team or whatever, but not everyone's playing. You have like, you know, you have your starters and everything, but then you have people like on the bench that maybe come in like maybe once every like couple of times. And if we have this expansion, more people can play, more people can actually enjoy the game or actually even get more headlines going on and being like, wow, like, you know, for instance, if Atlanta Falcons had this really great player and then, but they never used them and they went to a different place and they had that expansion, but then the Atlanta Falcons are like, wow, I didn't realize they were that good. Like, you know, it starts bringing like more like controversial in and I'm like really big on controversial and like hearing about like different players going to different places. So I think it'd be like really interest interesting to like hear more about like, you know, that type of stuff and like seeing what happens if that happens or not. Yeah. I think the only concern about expansion, um, in my opinion is I would not like to see, this is going to sound terrible. Um, but I would not like to see expansion outside of the United States, um, based off of travel. Would players want to play in Mexico city? Would players want to play in Germany? I don't think that's the solution that you should have if you're doing expansion teams just based off of travel. There's no and you have one team let's just say in Berlin, you have another team in Mexico City. No offense, but people play in the play in the NFL because they want to play in America. They don't really necessarily want to play in Europe or want to play in Mexico. So that's my only concern with that and then travel logistics. To me it's just not a great solution. Um, when you're picking cities, 
I don't know. It's tough to say where you'd want to go. There's two teams in New York, but really New Jersey in quotes. I mean, there's always there's always talk about Birmingham, Alabama getting a team for a sport. Who knows? That could be a solution there. I mean, there's always solutions out there. I don't know the exact spots of where you're going to be looking at. I think Birmingham has to be at the top of the list. Maybe Las, Las Vegas Raiders got a team, so maybe Oakland is a team. Maybe San Diego is another team, another spot because the Chargers moved. I mean, there's definitely spots you can find. I'm just not sure going outside the United States is necessarily – it's a great business perspective because you're getting – attention from an entire region or whatever or an entire country if you're going to berlin or you're going to mexico city but to me it's just not great from a logistic standpoint i like it I, i'm not i'm not a huge fan of the xfl and the usfl i think those two leagues just merge and if you want to have a minor league football league then do it but i'm not so sure that i like this usfl xfl i think it's just stupid i think it's a waste of people's time um, it's just during when you're talking about sports in general, I feel like everybody likes football, but people like football in a certain season. If you're talking about having football in the summer, not as many people are going to watch. If you're having football in a specific season, like how I look at sports is, OK, you start at January. It's the end of the football season. Once football ends, you have the NBA ending. Then you have baseball. You got baseball. Obviously, there's other things going on in the summer. There's soccer and whatever. But for the main part, it's basketball, baseball, football, hockey is involved too. But each season, you have a specific sport that you follow. It's not like nobody wants to go in and in the summertime. Okay, it's baseball season. It's hockey season. It's five different sports at the same time. I don't think that's a great solution. I think you should have it more on a schedule. I like how the schedule is as is. Mm -hmm. I like it. But we'll move on. We'll continue with the NFL, but not as much expansion. AFC, NFC. You look at these teams. You talked a little bit about the Falcons, about kind of that. I'll, I'll say something real quick, and I want to hear your thoughts. I want to see if you think it's funny or not. I call the Atlanta Falcons Stadium. I call it the Chick-fil-A Stadium. Um it's 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 funny to me that you have Chick-fil-A in an NFL stadium. What are your thoughts there? I mean, we are I feel like Georgia is known for Chick-fil-A. Um so it's actually kind of funny, but um I mean, I love it personally. I'm a big like sweet tea girl, so to be able to have that, I think is really good, but it's also like, you know, the publicity of it. I think for me if I'm taking this from like, you know, the advertising part of it, I think that you know, everyone loves Chick-fil-A. It's something good. It's something easy. It's something quick that, like, you can enjoy as well. Um, we also have that, like, at our Brave Stadium as well. So I think it's, like, you know, it's not that crazy. Um, I mean, it's good. I mean, I don't mind it, but that's just me. Like, I'm a Georgia girl, so, like, I can't, like, say no to Chick-fil-A. But the logistics of it, you have it in an NFL stadium. Uh, yeah. NFL games are played on Sunday, and Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Does that make sense to you? Is Am I crazy for saying it's kind of weird? I mean, it's I don't just, know. It just seems like you, your big brand of Chick-fil-A is at the stadium, and it's closed on Sundays, which is 85% of the games. I mean, it is, but, like, it makes you, like, still want it the next day. It's literally there for, like, you know, the publicity of it. Like, you're going to want it the next day. Or you're going to be like, damn, like, I wish those open up that day. So it's like – more it's more there for like the advertising of chick-fil-a than really anything else but it does suck some days when it's like sunday and you really want it but yeah but like if you're an outsider like i live in the northeast so if i want to see the falcons let's just say my the falcons are playing the giants i want to see them and the reason i'm going is because chick oh chick-fil-a is their big sponsor i'm going on sunday then i go up there and I was like, oh, crap, I can't go because Chick-fil-A is closed on a Sunday. Like, I don't know. If you want to have Chick-fil-A in a baseball stadium, I get it. I get it for sponsorships. I get it. I, I, I think Chick-fil-A makes sense from a logist from a standpoint of money and all that, all this, that, and the other thing. But to have it in a football stadium when they purely play on Sundays, 
It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I don't get it, but I, I, I just don't, I just don't, I just, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. That just doesn't make sense. Sorry. All right, we'll, we'll we'll do one last thing on the NFL, um, and then we'll move on. So NFL, the draft happened. Um, everything's happened. Who is your? I mean, I know it's early. This is way too early predictions, which I love. Who would you say you think is going to make the? Let's go Super Bowl. Who you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I know it's it's early. I know it's early. The season hasn't even started yet, but um, I'll go first. Actually, um, I'll go. You know, I like sometimes to go like really hot takes. So on this episode, it's going to be Derek's hot takes. Um, let's see. It's a good hot take here. We're going to go. Now he's going to get that coach is going to get fired. Um, we're going to go, we're going to go with the, say FC is going me. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis Colts versus the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. And I have the Detroit Lions winning the Super Bowl this, this year. I know it's a hot take, but like I said, I like hot, I like hot takes. Yeah, I don't really have one. I'm not going to, like, put that into my existence of who I think is going to win. I like I like to um, just kind of keep it, like, in the air. I wish I had one, but I don't. I don't think, you know, it's going to, like, work out well in my favor for, like, who I think is going to win. So I just don't even want to say it. So we're just going to keep it like that. All right. We talked a lot. We talked about your life we talked about the major league baseball we talked about college football we talked about nfl we're moving on to uh the nhl uh hockey um the chicago blackhawks yeah that's exactly what i was thinking uh they have the number one overall pick they were not very good um at all last year but on uh better news they're gonna have connor bedard who's allegedly is a superstar he is like 16, 18 years old from Canada. They're comparing him already to Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. This guy is hyped up as much as any NHL player has been in the last 20 years. So with that said, it looks like as of right now, unless if you trade the pick, which I don't know why you would do, uh, you're going to be getting a superstar, uh, Connor Bedard. So are you looking forward to... Uh, after having a terrible season, um, looking to be good uh, for the next five, ten years, which many people like and others just don't. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we won, like, um, the Stanley Cup a while ago, so, like, it's kind of, like, cool that, like, we are getting this new player. Obviously, our season was really bad this past year just due to, like, you know, not good players or just, like, you know, the team's not, like, working together. But um, having this new player come in, I think, is definitely going to take a really good turn for us. Um, I think it definitely is going to make some other teams also be, like, kind of, like, worried when we play against them. So I'm very excited to see how this turns out, especially that we are drafting someone so young as well for this um, to play with us. I think will be really cool when you kind of start out younger with them. You kind of, like, and if they have this potential already and, like, they're already kind of getting, you know, their names put with other people. I think that's a really great thing for us. So to be able to have that, and if we keep if we keep them, hopefully, like we'll do really well. But you never know with the Blackhawks; they always change at the last second. Unfortunately, they always like to say they're going to do one thing and they don't. But I'm very excited to see how the season turns out with this person, and just to kind of see um, how it all unfolds. I think there's a lot of different ways of how this can unfold. I think. You know, we can either win or we could either, you know, get very close or we could do really bad. It just all depends on how how he's going to bring our team really good luck. And if he's actually going to be able to communicate with the team and give like, you know, our team some like pointers or whatever. So really excited to see how this whole entire thing unfolds out. Yeah, he's really young. He's 18 years old. A lot of pressure on this guy, too. You talk about a team that was in last place. The Blackhawks aren't your typical last place team in the NHL. Uh, they traded away Patrick Kane at the deadline to go to the Rangers. So that was another thing that kind of led them to fall a little bit. But if I look at this NHL, 
it doesn't seem like the Blackhawks are your typical number one overall pick. They still have some guys who can still play. It's just a matter of you bring in this superstar. Chicago is this big city. There's going to be heavy expectations on this guy. I just wonder, talking generically, young athletes with high pressure. We are going to see this, see this in the NBA with Victor. We're going to see this. We've seen it in the past with other guys. It's a lot. It's a lot to handle. John Morant wasn't able to handle it too, too well. He still is able to perform. But some of the pressure on young athletes just isn't isn't where isn't they're not at the right headspace. So we'll see what happens here with him. But talking generically now, young athletes having huge praise. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What are your thoughts? Good praise, you said? Like, if a player like this guy, Connor Bedard, he's praised like he's going to be the next like superstar, right. like Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby. Obviously, that's a great thing because everybody, the expectations, but there's pressure on him to perform to that level. Is that Do you see that as more of a positive thing or a negative thing? Um, I think it's... I think it all depends. I think, you know, I think it is a both positive and negative thing. I think this is very positive for him and his family just to be like, you know, like for young athletes being like, wow, like I'm really, I really like, you know, got the dream. Like I'm making it big already. I'm very young. I have this. But the negative side about this is that, you know, now the focus is all on you. Like no matter what you do, no matter where you go, like one wrong hit or whatever, and everything can change for you. And so I think that really takes a negative effect and like, you know, all that and like, um, you know, you always have these teams wanting you or things like that. And um, I think it all just comes to like how that person's mindset is and like what they're willing to, you know, let them take in because there's going to be, you know, all this different kind of news coming out even more now, who knows what they're going to be saying. And it's up to him to either want to be able to hear about all of it or just take in what he thinks he wants to know. So it just depends on what he thinks and how he's going to want to take action with that. Yeah, it all depends on how he does, how he deals with the attention on him. Uh, some people deal with it negatively. Some people deal with it positively. It all depends on the athlete. It should be interesting to see what happens um, with him and his future, especially um, being such a young athlete and having such high praise already. When he was 16 years old, he had high praise. He's now 18 years old. This kid, good luck, man. Good luck. All right, everybody, and that's all we have for time for today on episode 50 of Derek's Discussions. But before we go, do you have any last words for our listeners out there? Yeah, um, I just think, honestly, just follow your heart. And, like, you know, sports is such a great way to, like, you know, make connections, interact with new people, and just enjoy it. You know, you're going to have some good days with sports. You're going to have some bad days. But just enjoy it. It's all about fun and games. It's all about, you know, just being able to have something to do and just, you know, either you're playing it or you're watching it, just enjoy it. And just, you know, my motto is just finish what you start. So just always finish what you start. And that's it.